Hello and welcome into Inside Nebraska. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst, and boy, do we have some news for you today. I am joined in this uh, podcast by Steve Mark, staff writer also of Inside Nebraska. Uh, first, Steve, how are you doing this uh, lovely Sunday afternoon? Well, I was working on some um, work, um, but <laughs> then I then I uh, caught the news of Eric Schneider being ousted as Nebraska's defensive coordinator, being fired, and now I'm working on some other stuff. So it just keeps piling on on these Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you if you haven't heard um, at this point, we're recording this kind of emergency podcast style. Um, the big news of today, after Nebraska's 49-14 loss at home against rival Oklahoma yesterday, the big news is defensive coordinator Eric Chenander is out. Mickey Joseph has relieved him of his duties. Bill Bush, who was pri previously the special teams coach, will now coordinate the defense for the rest of the season. And I guess we could like, I, there's a lot of different ways that we can kind of go with this, but let's just start here. Like, what was your level of surprise, Steve, that this news even came down? I'm not surprised at all. Uh, just judging from what we saw last week with Scott Frost after that Georgia Southern loss, I, I think we all kind of felt that that was the final nail in the, in the coffin with Scott and it ended up being true. Um, and then, yeah, last week or uh, yesterday against Oklahoma, they put up all sorts of yards again. They rushed for over 300 yards. That kind of that kind of felt like another massive blow to the coaching staff and specifically Eric Shenander. So I'm not I'm not completely surprised. What about you? Um, no, not totally surprised. And I already I had some people on Twitter have already kind of reached out as things kind of do um, saying, hey, you know, what about Mickey Joseph saying um, yesterday that it was all on him? Like he took accountability and said it wasn't on any of his assistants. And then he makes this move the next day. Um, and just from that smile from you, if you, those of you watching on the video podcast, you know exactly where I'm going um, with this. Yes, he said that, and he did take accountability, and you do have to step up and do that. I think it was a good move for him, for Mickey to do that yesterday as a leader. But that doesn't mean something else that he said later in the press conference is not also extremely true, which is he was asked point blank, do you see making any changes above the player level? Because he talked a lot about evaluating players during the bye week, and Mickey plainly responded, right now, I don't know that but we'll see what tomorrow brings. Like I think so. Yes. Like he, he reserved a right um, to make that decision. Should he, you know, see fit. Um, and obviously he did. I think that anytime Nebraska in the last two games, I'm going to give you a, a stat here. Nebraska in the last two games have give, has given up at home 1,222 yards and 94 points. I just, you just can't do, you're just not going to, maybe 96, you you just can't survive something like that while you're also giving in this type of transition. Um, and I do want to say, not, not get too long into this without, this is not like a, oh, we're, like I personally, and I know you aren't either, Steve, I'm not celebrating the fact that, you know, a guy lost his job and a guy in Eric Chenander that we all in the media like, um, his players liked as well, Mike, and they've talked about that several times over the last, you know, four years plus that, that he's been in charge of that defense. Um, but unfortunately, this is just kind of where we are with where the team is in transition and it's a part of the business like I, this is not a hugely surprising thing um with nebraska football right now yeah going back to the mickey joseph comments about how it's all on him like of course he was saying that like i i know i know fans like listen to what the coaches say um in post-game um, media like press conference um situations but 
that's just what we call coach speak. Like he's absolutely going to say that. I could have told you that he was going to say that you were going to, you probably the knew players that said that, right. The players noted yeah. that they, they even said it's yeah. not on him. It's on us. So yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, Mickey Joseph, like what was Mickey Joseph's presence going to do? And like, he was just given the job on last Sunday. He had one week to prepare for Oklahoma. Nothing was going to change. It was still the players on the field, the same players being on the same field, playing playing Oklahoma. N- nothing that Mickey Joseph was going to do was going to make that much of a difference. Now, I thought it was going to be a closer game for sure, just because of the energy and the excitement mm-hmm. surrounding the program with Mickey running it. But that ended up being being just not enough, not nearly enough. I mean, obviously. But yeah, I mean, with Shenander, look, I really like the guy. I think I could, I, I could listen to him talk defense and football for hours and hours and hours. I felt like I... I learned a lot more about the sport of football from Eric Shenander and listening to him and getting to interact with him at press conferences. With that being said, obviously it's, you know, it's a business. He understands that. And he's, he'd probably be the first to tell you that like, yeah, what I'm doing right now is not working. I'm, Remember I he I'm, said that. Yeah. Remember during the season, he was at the seat. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't remember the exact line. Like we're not up playing up to the standard. Like we understand yeah. that. Like they got that. I think that that is, and that's one of the things too, that I think that, you know, we should also mention is that unfortunately, given where Nebraska football is right now, like this is potentially the probably and most likely the first of many of these types of situations that is going to happen with Nebraska football. Now, I don't think that each week we're going to have someone being like, oh, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that this staff is going to be overhauled. Like one one way or another, whether Mickey Joseph remains as head coach, there are going to be many people on this staff, both in like assistant coaching roles and, you know, strength and conditioning, behind the scenes, the recruiting office, all of those sorts of things. There will be a lot of change with that because whoever the new coach is, Mickey Joseph, Matt Rule, Matt Campbell, Lance Leopold, whichever guy you want to <laughs> insert in there, um, uh, Chadwell, <laughs> whoever it is, is going to make significant changes to the Nebraska football program because otherwise things were going smoothly right like you just it, it's just going to happen um and so unfortunately like we said that that's just kind of it is what it is at this point yeah it is what it is and what it is is over 2000 total yards allowed through four games which is second to last in the country um so that's really bad there's 131 teams in FBS and and the defense has allowed um an average of 6. Point three, three yards per carry, which is 116th in the nation. Now I know Nebraska has played four games. A lot of other teams have played three, but like you get the idea. It has not been good. And especially just the run defense, it's not working. It was not working. And it was just an, a massive avalanche of bad on Saturday. It, it just makes you think what, you know, what other opponents are going to come in here and just run for over 300 yards. So there clearly needs to be a change. And, you know, with Mickey Joseph in the loop now, the the ball has started to to get rolling. And so these changes are going to come. Unfortunately, it just, it, it sucks for the players because I know they loved Shenander. Shenander obviously is, I, I think he's a good enough guy that he's going to own this and just like understand it. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like we're not getting it done. And yeah, just, I think it, we, we, we could talk about this next is what last year's defense meant yeah. those senior leaders, those six year guys, um, what it meant to lose them, the Ben Stilley, Deontre Thomas, Damian Daniels up front. Yeah. Um, and then the back end two longtime starters in Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke, Cam Taylor, Britt, 
obviously I, I think we underestimated how, how much those guys meant to a big 10 defense and, and how much experience plays a factor in good defense, especially in the big 10. Yeah. And I think, and Jojo Doman as well, obviously. In that <laughs> mix too. It's always funny. I do the same thing and it's so weird because I, if you know what it is, I think in my brain, I'm like, Jojo is such a given that I always just skip over it. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah. do it all the time. I've probably done it on this pod. My already. bad Jojo. It's fine. You're watching. Maybe, maybe the best of the, of the group. Yes. I'm sure he's watching us break Absolutely. down uh, the, the firing of Eric Tunander um, and Bill Bush being inserted in as a defensive coordinator. Um, I do think that we, we underestimated losing those guys. And I think that this is a natural thing that happens. And I think that we are all guilty of this uh, and us being me and you um, and us being the people watching and listening to this, thinking that, you know, if you've got guys that are in positions for a long time and you're itching to see that next wave of guys, right. And you're so ready to see them that you're like, Oh, those guys could end up being more athletic. Like we heard with the defensive backs, right. Or um, the, this group could be even deeper. Um, like you heard at times about other position groups and sometimes you forget, and it is really easy to do this. And I'm not necessarily blaming people for this. Cause like I said, we have done this. We are guilty of this too. It is hard to sometimes um, underestimate, the ability to just process information quickly and be basically a grown man on that defense, like all those guys that you named were, right? Yeah. All of those guys had played multiple years of college football. They were guys that had either all graduated or, or you know, in some cases in master's programs already. That group of guys gave Nebraska, covered up a lot for Nebraska last year, and they had a pretty good defense last year. But where it kind of started to fall apart was, and this is where it became really difficult even last year was, is that even though you had all those guys, you needed to find a way to get other guys experience and reps so that there wasn't such a huge talent or experience gap, not talent gap, experience gap between that top line group and the guys that we're seeing out there now. Right. Because what you're seeing now is, especially at the safety position, even though Miles Farmer has played a lot of football, you just see a lot of bust in that secondary right now. When you're missing guys like Taylor Britt, Deontay, or Markel, right? You don't have a guy that can be your eraser in a JoJo Doman. Um, and so, even though Isaac Gifford has played well in, at times, and Kalarvik has been serviceable at times as well, like it, it becomes you're not getting that same production. We obviously know what's happening on that defense defensive line and how much you miss those guys. And then that's even beyond the guys that transferred out as well. You know, Philadelphia's Payne, Casey Rogers, like those guys that could still be within Nebraska's rotation. Like you lost a lot off of that defense. And yes, that's true. But you also missed a golden opportunity to figure out a way to try to get guys behind them reps. And we're starting to really see that now with this defense. Remember in the off season, just before the season, we were talking, we were talking about the defensive backfield and Travis Fisher was saying that, the, yeah, I really like what we got. There might be a, like more of a rotation than, than I've ever had. And boy, that, that, that position especially is looking super thin. I was just doing my rewatch this morning and look, Tommy Hill has had a rough season mm -hmm. to start. Um, he has. And when, when, when he had that touchdown scored on him in the first half, they benched him and who came in Brandon Moore, the central Florida transfer who joined the team in like mid August. Right. And he is playing over. And I know Brandon Moore played a lot of football at central Florida. He had, he went through a awful, awful injury and is coming back and it's a good story and everything, but mm -hmm. for him to play over guys who have worked in, in 
supposedly developed in the program, guys like Taman Lynam and, and others, it's just like makes you think like what is going on with the player development um, at, in Nebraska? Same thing with same thing with safety. When um, look, Miles Farmer, a lot of people don't like him. I think he's better than better than a lot of people think, but I understand where people are coming from. But when he went out um, and <laughs> Fallon Sanford came in, now that's a walk-on. Nothing against Fallon Sanford, nothing against walk-ons because they provide a lot of good things to Nebraska's football program and its history. But when Miles Farmer came out, it wasn't Deshaun Singleton, a scholarship guy. It wasn't Noah Pola Gates, a scholarship guy. They were putting Fallon Sanford out there. I mean, it just makes you makes you wonder. And then on the defensive line, Colton Feist, a walk-on, is is playing major starter minutes in the Big Ten. It's just like, what is going on with the recruiting? Um, at, at those positions there's been a lot of recruiting misses and then just the player development in this program I don't think it's at where it needs to be at all and it's just like showing right now especially on the defensive side of the ball yeah and I also I'd add another thing to this and this is something that has been it has become a huge talking point and topic around here right is practice and what's happening in practice <laughs> and like I, I you laugh and I'm laughing too because it has become just this huge thing right but it's um, serious we, it's but serious. it is but but the end but the reason why is that exactly it's serious because what we've seen is is whatever is happening in practice is for better or worse translating onto the field during games and that's what I actually wonder about with when you mentioned kind of some of those guys that are coming Coming in either as first subs off of the bench or when people need to um, actually be benched and need to, you know, the, um, to ride some pine to be able to see the error of their ways. Like, I wonder if part of this is, is those guys that are coming in are just the next group of guys that have practiced the hardest. And yeah. while when you say that out loud, it doesn't sound like that should be that a bad thing necessarily, but something is missing between what's being evaluated in practice and what the coaching staff is valuing in practice or how they're practicing to get the most out of guys, something is missing there. And I don't think that that's like some sort of like breaking news at all, but obviously something is going on there where they can't get enough guys ready to play. And you mentioned about like, you know, these are the guys that are coming in. Those guys that you basically named are the only guys that are getting to play, right? Like you're getting in, you're getting the games and go look at the participation report where in total, like 43 guys are playing in the entire game, you know, like in against Northwestern for like a big 10 game. Like if you go look at other teams, that's not the way <laughs> that this is really rolling. Um, and so something has to change, especially when you put that against coaching staff and multiple people on the coaching staff saying all the time that we've never had more depth at position X. Like we heard about it and this isn't about the offense because we're talking about a defensive coordinator being fired, but we heard about it at receiver. We heard about it at running back. How many times did we hear that the offensive line is playing all different positions because we've got depth and we've got to figure it out. We heard about it on the defensive line and we heard about it for sure at safety and in the defensive back room. So like those are the sorts of things that it just didn't match. Whatever is being being said either by the coaches or seen from them and then what's going on out there on the field and that's how we get in this situation that we're in right now um and it's just difficult and speak i can't not mention practice without mentioning the whole tagging off thing miles farmer yeah, I, was, I was gonna say miles, miles farmer, farmer made himself some news yesterday even though he was trying his best to get the heck out of there um yeah. when he was talking to us yesterday um and didn't want to give too much away but he ended up saying i think one of the most important things that we've heard in the last few years from players, but it, it also goes along with 
um, what Marcus Buford, I think, I think if Marcus Buford said this um, at one, or no, it was Quentin Newsom. I'm sorry, that said the thing earlier in the season about how the team um, was trying to save people's bodies and they weren't as physical in practice and maybe they needed to ramp it up. And then we get to yesterday after the Oklahoma game where he, where Miles Farmer was asked specifically about improving the tackling. And he says, well, it's not going to happen overnight. We've been tagging off for four years now. If you are someone who does not know, because we have had this question quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Tagging off means I'm running the ball towards Steve right now. Steve's about to blow me up. Instead of Steve blowing me up on a tackle, laying his shoulder into me, he just tags me. It's two-hand touch, and then the play is whistled dead. If you just think about what that ends up, if you've been doing that for four years, you end up in a situation where you can't simulate game speed. And you've seen that play itself out on um, Saturdays where Nebraska is slow to kind of bring hats to the ball and you don't practice actual tackling, right? <laughs> because you're two hand touching. You don't do the tackling to the ground nearly enough to be able to simulate what a game is actually like. And people love to make the jokes now about Iowa and the bloodbath practices, but there is a reason why those teams are very good tackling teams and very tough football teams. It's because they actually do it in practice. I don't know if they're doing it junction boy style and they're doing it all day every day but there's clearly a difference between what nebraska was doing for the last four years and what these other big 10 teams are doing and i'm glad you, you mentioned miles's uh quote because look miles be behind when he was at the podium answering those questions you could tell that there was a little passion and there was a little yeah. pent-up energy when, when he was answering those questions i liked it and and he was very like cordial and very like understanding yeah, he wasn't that, rude like, hey, he was just mad no, he was not rude yeah. but his answers were were direct, short, and when he said it's not going to happen overnight, we've been tagging off for four years. That was him basically, like to me, going like, "Here, here's what we've been doing. Here is why we we struggle to tackle in in space. It's because we don't practice full speed. And when you're not practicing at full speed, and you have Dylan Gabriel running a 61 yard touchdown run, you're not going to take the necessary angle that you need to take because you don't practice it. You're not practicing against guys that are sprinting at you, and mm -hmm. it's it's just going to be bad, and you're going to miss the tackle and you're not even going to lay the hand on Dylan Gabriel like Miles Farmer didn't even lay a hand on him on that play. So there's just a whole lot of wrong going on right now. And right now it's just, you know, with today's news, it's coming to a head with Eric Shenander getting fired. And um, boy, I think a lot of people are fired up and I'm, I don't know why I'm fired up. I'm in my <laughs> up, upstairs room alone right now, but yeah, it's, it's just a lot coming to a head right now. It, it, there really is. But you know what I thought about, though, as you're very fired up and I, I like the passion. Keep it up. Um, and, but, but, but seriously, though, what this actually makes me think about and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I want to get your thoughts on this because of what we're talking about. And we're talking about tackling angle, pursuing to the ball quickly, actually wrapping up and tackling with fundamentals for me personally. And I'll get your thoughts, too. It makes me actually more encouraged for the future of the program that things can get fixed because I feel like a lot of things that are wrong right now are just core fundamentals in the program. And it's not, yes, everybody wants more talent and everybody wants to have, you know, Georgia's talent. You, not everybody's going to get that talent. So you got to make do. Not everybody in the Big Ten has that type of talent outside of Ohio State and kind of Michigan, right? But they make do. They can, they're better than where Nebraska is. And why are they better? Because they're very good at fundamentals. It's an execution league and they're good at that. So if Nebraska can get to that point, that is just really the details, something that we've been also talking about for years. I'm encouraged that they can go in the right direction in the future. Like, do you kind of, you kind of jive with what I'm saying? Do you get, am I making sense with that? Or do you think I'm totally off? 
No, you make it sense because Nikki Joseph said the exact same thing after the press conference. He was like, we need to do less teamwork and we need to do, we need to do more individual work. And that's obviously, you know, exactly what you're saying is to just focus on the fundamentals, focus on individual drill work and boy, just get back to, to, you know, the starting block and, and work from there. So I don't know. I, I like Mickey Joseph. I think he's got a good plan going ahead, but man, it's a massive uphill battle with this, with this defense here. Yeah, it definitely is a massive uphill battle. And, you know, we'll see kind of where they go from here. We'll talk to Mickey Joseph. We just got that announcement. We'll talk to Mickey Joseph on Tuesday this week, and he'll be the only one that talks um, during the bye week. And we'll kind of see what he has. His vision is for how to how the defense will change going forward, kind of the roles of Bill Bush um, and what he's going to be doing going forward as a defensive coordinator and any inkling of an idea of what we can get there. But you guys know that we'll continue to have coverage um, here on the YouTube channel. Um, and you guys make sure you like up the video subscribe. Also, pop over to nebraska.rivals.com. We are running a free 30-day promotion right now if you sign up um, to check out all the great content we have going on over there. Huskers30 um, is the uh, promo code for that. We'll have you all the coverage, wall-to-wall coverage of the game that just happened, which already seems like it happened two weeks ago. Um, all of the news that is coming out, recruiting coverage, volleyball, as they look to rebound as well. We will catch you all later.